welcome to episode 40 of Box Cutters. My name is Josh Canal. To my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And to my left, not Ross McQueen, who is away this week, but the very wonderful Matt Gavoni. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. How, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Now, you've never been on the show. No. You've never heard the show. You've never met me. You've never met Brett. Uh, um, actually, no. Well, <laughs> no, I have, actually. You have. I used to go out with Brett. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. And then, you know, the beard was a bit prickly. Exactly. Now, if, if you're not sure which one's Brett, uh, the, uh, what Brett looks like, you can go onto the website, boxcutters.net, and have a look. There are now pictures of us up on the website. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I'm going to have to put that below the fold, though, Josh. You think? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit too upfront. Too much space taken up with all that well, you Put your top on picture. next time you take it. No, put, but put it's, your top on. It's going to, uh, you know... It's going to move down the page as more episodes go up, okay. as more posts go up. It'll move down the page. Don't worry about that. Uh, and, yeah, we, we will have another one with, uh, with Brett with his top on. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so have a look, boxcutters.net. If you've never been on Boxcutters before, like you, Matt, or if you've never heard Boxcutters before, we talk about television and this week... We have the very wonderful Jess Maguire back. She's our big brother correspondent. She uh, she watches it all, although maybe not so much anymore. She seems to have kind of lost her way. Last time we spoke to her, she was kind of getting a little bit, yeah, you know, there's a bit of uh, a bit of big brother, whatever. She didn't much care. Anyway, that's coming up later on in the show. Uh, some I Don't Buy It, where we talk about advertising. Uh, we've got some quotes. We're going to be talking to Tom Elliott who is sometimes on Inside Business on the ABC. Yes, indeed. And uh, filling in for Neil Mitchell this week on 3AW. Ah, for those yes. in Melbourne who want to tune in. 3AW no longer at the number. Not at 1278. Now it's uh, the old magic. Oh, whatever. Six, six, number, nine, three. number, number. Who cares? They're not giving us any money. I'm not giving any to them. But also and, you uh, might know him from Triple R. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing lots of stuff. And in fact, he's right now uh, on that over the years. And uh, we'll finish it off with some letters to box cutters, but we're going to start things off, as we always do every week, with the box cutters news. Variety reports that 80s teen idols Corey Haim and Corey Feldman are to reunite in a show based on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Get out of my town. No, no. It's, uh, it's based on the style of Curb Your Enthusiasm about uh, their adventures as being Corey's. Oh, my Lord. So it's, it's a partially improvised, uh, pro- probably poorly filmed uh, sitcom that is uh, going to uh, be produced by the same people who uh, produce the US version of Wife Swap. Oh, God. I oh yeah. The, I get them mixed up. Which it's, is which? Well, you'll find out on the... Corey Feldman... <laughs> Corey Feldman is the one who is in Bad News Bears. Yep. Cor- oh, yep. Uh, Corey Haim is... is Licensed to Drive. Well, they were both in Licensed to Drive. They were both in Dream a Little Dream. They were both in... The Lost Boys, but probably The Lost Boys is the one you're most familiar with, Matt. Corey Haim was the main young man 
yep. in the Lost Boys. Corey Feldman was one of the Frog Brothers who uh, who went around and that, their specialty was killing vampires. Right. Uh, so you'll remember them from there. Uh, a fine couple of Corys and... Uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait until that's made. So are you saying that's not scripted at all? Uh, no, I'm saying it's it's partially improvised. Okay. So so they've got much like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is. There are there are scripts, but the scripts are more about what happens in each episode rather than what happens in each scene word mm-hmm. for word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen with uh, and you know with talent like Corey Haim in there. Uh, well, apparently Corey Haim's still out there uh, cutting up the rugs because uh, he's still the single, whereas uh, Corey Feldman has become the nice family guy and they're, they're rehashing the old odd couple. Oh, a la Ralph Macchio. Formula. And didn't one of them release a In single? Entourage. Yes, yeah. Uh, future's so bright, I've got to wear shades. No, no that, was, Corey that was Corey Hart. Corey, oh, there's a third and that, banana. And that, that wasn't Corey Hart. Who was that? Future's so bright, I've got to wear shades. That was somebody else entirely. Really? Corey Hart was I wear my sunglasses, sunglasses at night. Shit. It's also a Panther go. Hunter. And uh and Corey Parker <laughs> is the unknown Corey. The, <laughs> sorry, the lesser known Corey, Corey Parker. The uh executive at uh, RDF USA is very excited because he says that uh, Hames and Feldman's chemistry just pops off the screen. The last we heard <gasps> from Hames smells like it popped off the screen. <laughs> the last we heard from Hames was when he bust eBay busted him in two thousand one for attempting to sell his molars. On the auction side, sell his molars, mm, his teeth. His teeth. Were they knocked out by someone? Or uh, it doesn't say here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's lots of promise for that show. <laughs> lots of promise. Uh, much like The Apprentice, which is finally going to return. I love that show. Uh, it's gonna. It's gonna be back on. This uh, is the one with Trump or with Martha with, Stewart? With Trump. With the yeah. Martha Stewart one. No, no, no good. Never happening again. It didn't. It didn't write at all. Has America fallen out of love with Martha Stewart? Uh, a little bit, I think. Mm. There's, you know, still, still the supporters, mm-hmm. but uh, not as much since you know going to jail. I think that's she did. She went to jail. No, no, she went I know. Okay, jail. She, is she still there? No, no, no. She's not. No, still she's there. out now. She's right. out. She she got out it's fairly. She got out fairly quickly. Just one or two romances, and then she was out. And then she was out. Yeah, Jeez. allegedly. It's, uh, but no, the, uh, the apprentice with Donald Trump is, uh, is going to be returning to, I don't know what allegedly you're talking about, uh, to, uh, to NBC in the States, but the big twist here is that it's not going to be based in New York. Yeah. Yeah. It might be in Las Vegas, might be in Florida. They don't know. They don't know, but it's going to be the apprentice somewhere else. But they're going to spend half the show in freaking cabs or something. They do anyway. So the, yeah, the, they do anyway. The bit about New York is that you've just got everything right there, and you know everything's a couple of blocks from anything else. Yeah, I know. I know. You can't do that in Vegas. You can't do that in Florida. I have faith in Mark like, Burnett. You can go to Cuba. <laughs> be nice. You can, you can go if you're in Florida. It not is quite easy though. to go to Cuba. Just swim across. And that. in fact, it's illegal. So surely, no, it's not illegal. It's not illegal that. to go to Cuba. It's, it's illegal, illegal to do to any go business from the states to Cuba. You can't you can't get a flight from the states to Cuba. Well, how do the people who work at Guantanamo Bay they go do? To, they or, swim. Well, they would actually have military flights. So couldn't you get on one of them? No. I've seen twenty four. No, no, no. It's pretty easy. <laughs> no, it's pretty easy to just hijack a military flight. So if Americans and just say that you're part of some imaginary 
anti-terrorist union. If somebody in Florida wants to get to Cuba, they have to go across to Mexico or South Central America, somewhere there, and then go from there over to Cuba. Right. They can't go directly. No, they're just putting it off. You just, I reckon. Couldn't they just swim? Exactly. That, that well, Australian girl did it. Cover yourself in whale lard and just swim across. Can you come from Cuba to America? I don't believe so. Because then where would the planes go after that? Mm. They couldn't just go back. Mm. Mm. How annoying. That's interesting. What if, you, what if you're flying your own plane? <laughs> I, no, I don't think you can. Right. So I'm, now, not, I'm not sure you can fly your own plane into Cuba. So now, Brent, I'm with you. A series of The Apprentice in Florida would be shit. <laughs> right on. I knew I was right. Hey, uh, after 42 years, the veteran BBC music show Top of the Pops has been axed. <gasps> oh, what? Mm-hmm. Um, the BBC blamed the proliferation of 24-hour music channels oh. such as MTV and V. And What's to know, blame? Like... It's time. Time moves on. There's no blame here. Well, you know, it was, it was an outdated show. It was it was a steady format that worked for for over four decades. Well, no, it's a steady format that worked for about three and a half decades and kept going for another seven years. It's it's true. Really, you think you think that seven years ago was there was there was some magical turning point that That's happened it, seven years ago, nineteen ninety nine. I haven't actually seen it since then. I haven't seen it since I was in the UK, which was. Eight or nine mm, years ago. Mm, mister, I've been overseas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final episode will air on July 30. And will probably air in Australia on Foxtel sometime in the next four years. Um, they also blame increased competition from multimedia and niche musical outlets. Again, there's no blame. They should have seen it coming. They really should have. There is no place for a show like Top of the Pops anymore. The innocence is gone. That's it. It was a great show, but it's over. <laughs> what, am I being too harsh? No, I think, um, I think you might be on the money. I, I think the word blame is just a little bit unfair. Oh, it's these people's fault. It's these people's fault. No, it's just time moving on. I think generally uh, that the TV is in a bit of trouble at the moment because of all these new threats. Um, which are which are causing even even in this country. Uh, look at what's happening with Channel Nine and Channel Seven and Channel Ten this week. Well, yeah, Channel Ten have uh, have dropped their uh, profits mm-hmm. by uh, several percent. Not in front of me at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, Channel Channel Seven are trying to stem some of the hemorrhaging uh, by sacking another twenty staff. That now makes uh, thirty four. Total after uh, the closure or, or the handing over of the studios does, does in say, Coventry Street. Does it say what staff are they? Are we talking about mailroom staff? Or are we talking about executive middle management? What's what's we're staff? talking about all of their captioning services, which are being outsourced to the Australian Caption Centre. Really? Yep. Closed captioning. There you go. Right. Well, uh, Channel Ten, their profits dropped by fifty percent. Fifty percent, and that's their uh, a beta which is their earnings before income yep. tax something and amortization. <laughs> I don't know what the D stands for. Income tax something. Why don't we ask Tom Elliott later on in the show? We can do that. Yeah. Uh, is, and uh, and uh, an analyst, uh, Fraser McLeish, said 10 had been hit by a triple whammy 
This is uh, according to the Australian. A weak advertising market, the Commonwealth Games on a rival network, and the flow-on effect from poor 2005 ratings. That actually featured on a news report on Channel 9, the Channel 10's uh, financial position. Yeah, and when uh, Channel 9... Uh, no, because Channel 9 announced a small profit. Uh, at the, but yes, the, the networks recently have loved sticking a bit of stick in. I love it. Yeah, putting a bit of stick about. Bit of, yeah. <laughs> They've loved. That's not dirty. No, no, it's that's, not, no. But the image that was in my head was dirty. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but of course, uh, Channel Nine are making cuts as well, as we reported a couple of weeks ago. Uh, their former news chief, Mark Llewellyn, has actually jumped ship and gone across to Channel Seven, who now have some extra cash because they're not paying for so many staff. Except, um, except that they still have to pay for the footy. After, well, don't forget that footy debt. Oh my <laughs> it's, God. A big, it's a big one. We'll be paying that off. His, I'm, I'm amazed there isn't you know a footy toll that the government's put in to help Channel Seven cover that footy debt. Mm. Mm. Especially, sorry, I don't want to give them any ideas. Um, there was a bit of a report to the stock exchange that uh, Foxtel might be completely pulling out of uh, any race for buying those uh, AFL rating uh, broadcast rights. So what, those, those four games that they need to buy for Channel 7 to be able to afford uh, the $29 billion? Which uh, I think 7 and 10 have set that level at 38 mil, but Foxtel actually wanted more than they were willing to give for that 38 mil. Right. Mm. Right. That's, uh, yeah, they're going to be in trouble. But at least uh, Ross will be happy because maybe all eight shows, all eight shows listen to me. I'm so showbiz. Games. All eight games uh, will be on free to wear. I doubt it though. Um, but anyway, yeah, Mark Llewellyn's over at Channel 7 now uh, as their head of executive producer. Wait a minute. I think I'm looking at the wrong bits. Uh, focus on the production of news and public affairs programming for 7. There's some interesting news coming up as uh, Big Brother, <laughs> which. Oh my goodness, Big Brother, every year something happens with Big Brother that makes politicians just want to throw all televisions in the sea. Well, it was particularly about last year's uh, Big Brother Uncut. Yes. And massages and penises being rubbed against backs of heads and all of this being broadcast. But now the... Uh, see what you're missing out on, Mac? The MPs were... Well, I was going to say, it's outraged. happening on TV in a room where it's probably happening in the room. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the big deal? Who cares? Well, because... Huh? because doesn't make sense. I'm not too sure. Because kids love to watch The Big Brother. And kids don't know that sometimes penises need to be rubbed on heads. Right. Okay. And the politicians don't want kids to know that sometimes penises have to be rubbed on heads. Great. Now, I only know that that's the case because I watched Big Brother last year. <laughs> and I go, right, that's what I'm supposed to do with it. Up until then, no idea whatsoever. I say it's educational, but uh, there have been uh, prompts to, uh, to tighten broadcast rules and uh, a television show which breaches the television code could actually be pulled off air 48 hours after the breach, uh, which is according to a federal government backbenching, backbencher committee and their proposal. Mm-hmm. They say that smutty television which breaches the codes of television, which, as far as I understand, is just to advertise and make money, uh, that a, a smutty show 
things can be put in motion to have that show ripped off the air within 48 hours. Now, we it's haven't such- had the ABA around for some time. And one, when, when they stopped being responsible for broadcast media in Australia, didn't the TV industry actually become self-regulating? Uh, yes, and that's ACMA, the ACMA, mm-hmm. which we've uh, talked about before. I keep calling it ACMA. No one else in the world calls it ACMA. It's the ACMA, which is uh, the Australian Communications, Communications Media, Media Authority, Authority yep. uh, which is pretty much a, a self-regulated body. Uh, but what they want, what the, the politicians want, is for that whole process to be a 48-hour process and for it to end up with the show actually being removed from television, which seems to me a little bit like government censorship. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Mm-hmm. And it, it, uh, given, given the proliferation of religiousness in politics these days, it's a little bit like if you offend the Catholic Church, then you can have your show taken off. Yes. Well, from what I understand about this subject, which of course is so much... Uh, when the ABA, ABA was around, because when the Broadcasting Act was enacted back in the day, because it used to be the Minister for Communications who could act and actually remove licences, revoke licences, and take broadcasting content off as well. Yes. I'm losing my voice. It's terrible. <laughs> That's a bit too <laughs> early in the show. There we that. go. Uh, which is kind of scary. And if you if you still are a program creator today, especially if you're making commercials, you have to go through the commercial advice department and they issue a thing called a CAD number. And they will not issue a CAD number if you do a certain amount of things if you breach certain parts of their code. Things like the depiction of the flag. So if you have someone urinating on the flag, you can't have that. Or, right. Uh, all that sort of stuff. You can't have uh, anyone... On that, any, any flag? Uh, just the Australian flag, as right. far as I know. You can't also have someone administering uh, drugs or narcotics unless there is a person uh, who's a doctor <laughs> in the room. Or at least wearing a stethoscope. <laughs> exactly. Can you still not show a dentist's face on television? I'm not sure what that was about. That was a profession. That was, I think, that was just uh, picked yeah, that- up by them and ran for far too long. I'm not sure yeah. if it was actually ever the law. It's it, it's part of that. I whole- think it was convention back in the 70s that doctors and dentists wouldn't actually advertise. Yeah, so. exactly. I think that guy just had an ugly face from memory. <laughs> His back wasn't too hot either. Well, um- come on, in, he's a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so that's so that was the case. That was the case. I'm not sure how it works now. I don't even know who the Minister for Communications is. Helen Coonan. Right. Now, even though it's still... <laughs> it's <laughs> Helen Coonan. Give me another one. So even though it's still self-regulated... Give me another one. They st- okay. Uh, Minister for... <laughs> no, go on. Um, surely. I mean, Tony Abbott. Our copyright law, our every, every law is kind of really, really conservative. And there's nothing in our... Because we don't have a, you know, anything to kind of protect our program creators. It's no. all been... Um, it's all quite dangerous nowadays. And you can get uh, in a lot of trouble. Protect them from what? Or from anything. Uh, if, if, you, if you make a program which a, a, a broadcaster broadcasts, you are also liable in the event of that being pulled off as well, which is kind of scary, as far as I know. Is the, and the broadcaster is also liable? Exactly. Okay. Yep. So uh, that's, you know, that is a double whammy. It is a double whammy. Uh, <laughs> I just almost went into a big dollars, big dollars <laughs> scenario. Stop. It's been a long day. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I really, I don't like this whole 48 hours thing. It just, it stinks of Stalinism. And, you know, need, need Of course, they, they didn't have television in Stalin, Russia. Or KP pulled no, off. Because uh, Stalin banned it, of course. <laughs> the classic Doug Mulray adults home video pull off. Yep. Yeah, but that's... Get this crap off my network. But exactly. that's not, that's not censorship. That's the owner of the network. 
uh, telling what we can and can't see. No, telling what he does and doesn't want his business involved in. That's completely different. You've got to remember that television is a business and he's the business owner. But they've already sold the advertising space while that's gone to air beforehand. He's he's willing to make that loss and pay them back. Uh, You know, that's fair enough. Of course, now he's dead. Let them try to get it. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of pulling shows off the air, uh, Wheel of Fortune's been axed. No! Yes, it's Australia's longest running game show. And uh, Channel 7 have commissioned their final batch of shows. Uh, The programs have to evolve and they're working on other projects for that time slot. I don't... You know what? It makes me... They're looking at something else for Larry M. to do. It makes me want to say that's Larry M. does Kiss of Death. The big problem is he's like one of the most talented uh, game show presenters I have ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot. A lot. Oh, yeah. I get tapes from Indonesia. Of Indonesian game shows, <laughs> just so I, I could measure them against Larry Emder. He's really talented. He's very good He's at what great. he does. How come everything he touches turns to shit? You know what? He is bald as a baby's head at the back. He gets his hair sprayed on. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Is, is this true? This is the truth. Because I don't want to get in trouble. No, no. Well, okay. Let's put allegedly in front of it. That'll sure. Be okay. Yeah. Uh, he has a, a great caveat. quite a large bald spot on the back of his head there, which gets sprayed with, I um, think it's just black matte spray a, paint. Hair in, a, hair in a can. It's not even hair in a can. It's just straight on there. Makeup. It's fantastic. <laughs> really? I shit you not. So not even, not even some silly string? No. <laughs> no silly string. No. Unfortunately. How good's that? Oh. Out of 10. 11. Larry says that uh, the cancellation's extremely disappointing, but that's television. You have to roll with the punches, so obviously he's not too uh, paranoid about his kiss of death. Uh, Laura Kusorten, is that how you say her name? Yes, yes, why not? Is uh, going to resume her role as a reporter for The Great Outdoors, so she's not really going to be doing much more than she has been anyway. And we're, uh, we're running out of time, so I might yeah. just jump to the end of the news. Brad, oh, no, you've got something urgent? If you saw Scrubs urgent. this week, uh, you saw uh, Zach Braff and Mandy Moore break up in their characters. It's happened in real life. Ooh. Because of the age gap, he's 31, she's 22. They just yeah, don't no, she's way too old. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? That's, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's, that's because that really, that, that counts me out of the equation as well. Because I was going to go, all right, Zach's out of it. I'm so in, give me Mandy Moore's number. But if it's because of the age difference... <laughs> You're older than Zach. No, I'm not. Just quickly running down the no, other I'm things. Uh, Dustin Diamond, also known as Screech, is uh, selling T-shirts Screech. online to hopefully save his house. He uh, needs by the to raise $250,000, uh, which is around about 30,000 T-shirts, I think. Uh, apparently, all the money that he made uh, was ripped off in some way. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Go to get yeah, ripped shirts. off because he, he bought he bought himself a too expensive house. That's how he got ripped exactly. off. www.getdshirts.com if you want to help Screech out. And uh, Aaron Spelling's had a stroke. stroke. Jinx! Yeah! <laughs> uh, and uh, in the US, the Nielsen ratings... It wasn't too so bad. He, he didn't go to hospital. <laughs> He's up and about. What part of jinx don't you understand, Brad? <laughs> oh, now, now, now you can talk. Uh, the uh, I still owe you two punches though from before. Uh, the Nielsen ratings, which is a it's, it's a pet hate of mine. Uh, the, the Nielsen ratings in the states. I also hate the uh, the Oztam ratings in Australia, but the Nielsen ratings just make it into the news a lot more. Oztam know how to keep their mouth shut. Nielsen ratings are about to gauge TV viewing on the web and mobile devices. They're working on ways to make up those figures as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need and, a couple more chickens in here. Thanks, guys. And that 
is the Box Cutters News. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting 80s, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. Thanks, Josie. Welcome back to Box Cutters. Joining us now, actually in the studio, not from a pub somewhere, the very sexy Jess Maguire, our big brother correspondent. Welcome. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. And so good to see you. Yeah, well. You know what? And I know we talked about this off air, but I, I I just wanted you to... Get out of the studio and just call us from the corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make it like old times. Now, Matt, my phone's I, barred, so <laughs> every time, every time, just has been on. I think for the, for the last three times, she's just been calling us from a pub somewhere. Yeah, different yeah. states. Yeah, different states. But just, just you know, I'm out partying, dude. I can't, I can't be interrupted. Can't Di- be expected to go into the studio. Different states of uh, drunkenness. No, no, different states. Well, no, yes, yes, and oh, yes, yes. That's probably quite, quite apt as well. <laughs> Let's be honest here. No secrets between chums. Yes. No, I've been kind of smashed and, and I don't know where I was. So, yeah, everything he says is true. Well, where you haven't been mm. is the Big Brother house. That's true. And thank God. This year. Wouldn't you just be killing humans right now? Oh, my did, God. Did I not tell you that once Michael left, the whole thing was going to go to shit? Yeah, you said this to me a couple of weeks ago. And the thing is, like, I actually don't think Michael was that good. He just did stuff. It's like... I don't know if I made this comparison last week, but it really is. It's like, you know, a pile of poo and a pile of poo with a firecracker in it. Now, one's going to be a bit more interesting, but essentially it's all shit. Yeah, is, that, that, is that a bad analogy? No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's, you know, I used a, a very similar thing when, uh, when people were asking me how the last Star Wars film was. Yeah. And I said, you know, oh, it's heaps better than the first, but that's like comparing shit to dirt. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, either way, I'm not going to, you know, take a bite out of it, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I don't know where this analogy is going. Oh, I'm not going to smear myself in it. Who said I did? And I was of, drunk. I told you we talked about this, Matt. Of course, you should never, you know, take a bite out of anything that has a firecracker in it. True. We should point that out. A lesson for life. Uh, last week on the show, I don't know if you if you heard the show last week, Jess, but uh, last week we were talking about, in the news, according to the Adelaide Advertiser, people in the audience had placards that said, it's time to go Gretel. Oh, to see what they did there? They should have said, quiet as a mouse, your career, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, 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 they're taking your own words and they're using them against her, and that's why I love the Big Brother audience. Um, yeah, look, there's been a, a very big Gretel backlash, but I think that um, the really hardcore Big Brother fans, ones that populate forums and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which really isn't everyone, it's not everyone who watches it, but it's the ones that really, really take it seriously, have really weird taste. Like, they are obsessive about Mike Goldman. Right. And Mike Goldman is an intriguing individual. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Goldman. You've, you've met I've Mike met. I, I've probably told, I've told you my Mike Goldman story yes. on here, I'm sure. So Mike Goldman is an interesting man. Uh, but I'm afraid, yeah, he's um, – I don't think he's going to be a brilliant host of the show. And I think that – I mean, I my gay best friend uh, is very – yeah. Yeah, that buzzing. That buzzing. That buzzing was uh, Jess's gay best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can tell when he's being talked about. It's insane. Um, no, that was Mike Goldman sending me evil, evil Stop thoughts. Stop talking about players. me. We had one night together. Uh, we didn't. That's not true. It's true. It was uh, half a night. It was 30 seconds. Two thrusts and an apology. <laughs> not even cat fair. Not, not even cat Not even cat I didn't fair. need it. I was stayed the night at the Big Brother studio. Anyway, um, 
So where was I? Anyway, where, where, was, where was I before Mike Goldman was your gay, your gay best friend. My gay best friend. He's a huge Gretel fan. I've probably told you this as well, that when, you know, when everything else turns to rubbish for Gretel, he's right out the front going, this is the best thing she's ever done. The year she came out with the platinum blonde hair and I was getting text messages going, what the fuck has Gretel done with her hair? I got one from him going... Doesn't Gretel look like a gracefully aging Greek pop diva? Oh. He was so pleased. You know, she can do no wrong. So he has been quite adamant about defending her in all forums online. He's been ringing Channel 10 under various names, <laughs> putting his support out there. God love him. And he's just, his point is, if she doesn't host it, who really will? I mean, you've got Mike Goldman. He's just not going to go. Really, he's not. You've got Frizy. Well, Mike Goldman. And if you get Victor. You know. Brie, not doesn't doesn't cut it either. Yeah, but and, you know, if if Georgie Parker ate a couple of meals, now we're talking Lisa McCune, <laughs> some sort of some sort of trio, maybe Re- Rebecca Gibney, Lisa McCune, Georgie Parker could rotate. It week would be by a Witches week. of Eastwick kind of hosting <laughs> scenario. That would possibly be the greatest thing ever, and we must write to Channel Ten. But I mean, <laughs> Gretel, Gretel in the first few series was quite good. I mean, that's you know, I didn't know it from a bar of soap, and she was all right, and she. You know, had the mothering thing down, but when she needed to be stern, she'd be able to do that. But I think by about series four, and I think that's about the time that the first producer of Big Brother Peter Abbott left and they got Chris Noble in, she doesn't look like she's having very much fun. And it's her bitterness. It's quite easy to tell. And it wasn't, I think, till the Dino eviction. Dino was evicted with someone else. I'm sure it was a double. Yeah, yeah, it it was a double. It was was an intruder and Dino. Oh, Dino and that girl that was really irritating. Jade. Jade. Yeah. Bilo Vesna. Bilo Vesna, good work. Yeah, yeah. Dino and Bilo Vesna. And in that case, she was like old school Gretel because she was really comforting the girl, flirting with the boy. That was right. like, that was very vintage Gretel Colleen. But she just, she doesn't want to be there. Well, really. see, this, and this is for me where, actually, where Gretel actually reached her peak was last year hosting uh, what is now called Adults Only, what mm. was then called Uncut. Mm where it was so obvious that she didn't want to be there and she was disgusted by yeah. everything that yeah. was happening on the show and she made no secret of it. No, and no. she was hilarious to watch, really yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it's very stern and very, you know, stern but also a little bit eye-rolly, like, all right, pervs, here comes the next band yeah. of cock. Mm. Press plane record. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you know, she did it for the Saxon year. Well, but, she- um, yeah, she... <laughs> Pillow, <laughs> pillow, pillow around my head. Yeah, yeah. Pillow around my head while I'm wanking with my mates. Yeah, no, nothing quiffy about that. Nothing, nothing at all, Saxon. Nothing, nothing at when all. When I sucked him off and my eyes are closed, nothing, nothing <laughs> queer. No, no, that's fine. He didn't I, touch his balls or anything no, no, no. fruity. Like, what are you talking about? No. Pubes never touched my nose. No, no, no. I didn't swallow. What are you... <laughs> where are we going? Not gay. Not, Not gay. gay. Not gay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I... I, I I know that they all hate her on the forums, but I think that I, I don't think we're really going to get anyone better unless our triumvirate, triumvirate of uh, as, you know essential Australian television ladies ever comes to fruition. I don't think it's going to happen. So, but to be honest, if they keep picking such abysmal housemates, I mean, I don't blame well, them for being bored. This is the thing: these housemates this year are probably the worst bunch yeah. of rank bogans yeah. I have ever seen in my life. And so was there, a th- was there a theme behind the rationale of picking these guys this year? Like, yeah. like last year it was like Christmas party. the worst bogans and they all had to be up for it and single. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say it's a little... I mean, everyone here seems to be pretty much single, but I mean, I just don't understand. Like, take an Ashley, right? Like, 
Do you mean everyone here in this room? What, what, wait, wait, wait. What did I say? Everyone here seems to be pretty much single. Oh, okay. In the house this year. Are you guys? Uh... No, sorry. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to my cuck. I never cheat on yes, Mike Goldman. Yes, ladies. <laughs> um, you know, everyone in the house seems to be pretty much single. But, I mean, Ashley, I cannot fathom how that block of wood got through all the auditions. And they went, does like cars. <laughs> Better put him in. Maybe get the V8 market. Like, what were they thinking? It's so, is it Ashley? I thought it was John that likes cars. No, it's- Ashley likes cars. But don't worry, Big Brother gets Ashley and John mixed up okay. as well. So don't feel bad. He did Ashley's, that. Ashley's the one who looks like a monkey. Possibly. John's the one with Tourette's. Yeah, it just involves like, what's that skip you're nominating? <laughs> yeah. So I don't judge. But see, even our Tourette's guy is rubbish compared to the UK's Tourette's guy. As I said, all he does is yeah, ago. all he does is blink. Yeah, and twitch and blink furiously. I've got no time for that. I want you to start naming names, calling people names. I don't bother. Yeah. It's not two reds. It's a twitch. Now, <laughs> we're not, not sponsored by the Australian Medical Association. <laughs> no, no. Uh, when, I don't know what that noise was. No, I love no, two no. reds. Put <laughs> <laughs> out the two reds listeners out there. I fucking love it. <laughs> now, uh, Wednesday night this week... Mm. New int- more intruders. Then mm-hmm. I pick a good bunch. Now I, I think a, a few weeks ago we we said you know there does seem to be just as many people on the couch on eviction night as there was, the as there was a, a, the first week. Yeah. Why why are they putting more intruders in and why more rank bogans yeah. and why this kid who can't speak? Mm, well, I have to admit to you. Josh, and I'm, it Jess, guts me to do it, it. Yeah, if you cover up your mouth, yeah. people can't hear. Yeah, wait. Because no, the deaf like to uh, read your lips. Do they? Yeah. In the oh. video podcast. Now, I haven't I haven't seen who who are the uh, the intruders. We've got okay. Perry, who's a 39-year-old real estate agent, I believe, who has been first in line for Big Brother auditions for the last few years, and she's saying, yeah, my camera, blah, blah, blah. And she's, she's a, she's a mum, and she is uh, top-heavy. I really expected her to topple over last really? night when she came into the house. I mean, yeah, massive gazongas. Uh-huh. How did you find her? Did you like her? Oh, no, she's just loud and obnoxious she, like the rest so, of them. So she, did Channel Tempo for those as well? No. 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 I'd say these are the type that when you take the bra off, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Down probably the thighs. What? Yeah. Probably a bit hey, of Hey, I, I never said that. So <laughs> is beautiful, she, natural lady. Is she... Uh, is she 39? She is, I believe, 39. Because last night somebody asked her how old she was. And she said 37. She said, no, she said 29 plus, plus GST, GST but that's which like- makes her 32. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, brainiac. Yeah, <laughs> I went 39. That sounds fair. I don't know these things. No, but she she looks thirty nine yeah. as opposed to yeah. as opposed to looking. She doesn't she doesn't understand that it's not plus ten; it's plus ten percent. Yeah, 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 plus ten. Which again, oh, that's so cute. Which again is the sort of person that yeah. we're dealing wouldn't, with. Here. Wouldn't buy a house from her clearly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think from what I read, she's thirty nine, has a nineteen year old daughter. From what I read about what she said when she was in the house, she said she was 29 plus GST and has a 17-year-old daughter. But what the truth is, I don't know. And then there's Darren, who's some young short guy that David's fallen in love with, David the Game. That's that's because he's quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know how many times I can say yes in a creepy manner. Yeah, but it's But clearly at least four. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and the third one is like the the giantess woman, the six-foot one. Yeah, some... I'm Basketball hot. player. Everyone hates me or loves me, but mostly loves me unless they hate me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So clearly. Punch her in the face. Clearly she and uh, 
Oh, now I've already forgotten his his name. Darren. Katie's, no, Katie. Oh, Jamie. Oh, Jamie. She and D- Jamie are going to have lots to talk about because that's the same sort of logic that he yeah. uses yeah. In, in his conversations. Did you see Katie on Rove during the week? I didn't. I have to host trivia. Boys, I've got, I got, I got jobs to do. I've got bills to pay. What is going on? I know. On I, I don't when even we, know myself. When we first had you on, Jess McGuire, you were in a gutter. Yeah. In a gutter and you were licking melted cheese off the sidewalk. This is a beautiful story. I'm looking forward to see where it goes with this one. And then you came on our show and suddenly you're all jobs in the evenings, interviews with famous people. Sleeping with Mike Goldman. Sleeping with Mike (laughs) Goldman. It's amazing. You weren't really licking melted cheese. No, I was actually. I just never told you. (laughs) It's a true story. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, uh, on Tuesday night, uh, Katie was on Rove as all the... All the evicted housemates go on Rove and... Uh, I think and I might have heard about this if what the bit that you're going to say. She was a babbling mess. Was she? Clearly, you know, overawed or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, Rove's pretty intimidating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. four foot nine of it. He's a big, big man. Yeah, yeah. Big man. Lots of muscles. Yeah. Uh, and so she, you know, really couldn't get entire sentences out. So which one was all. Katie? Katie. <laughs> You'll Hi, know Brett. When, Welcome to Box Cutters. Brett, when you, when you watch the tapes. No, no, no. no when you I, watch the tapes in, in six the, months' time. The blonde I'm one. I'm not even recording. The, the blonde one. The who had a V plates, yes. Ah, v plates, we call Oh, okay. Mm. I caught a bit of the, the AO Bum, on yeah. Monday and she was still in there. And, uh, that, uh, well, yes. I'm not bothering with any of the normal Big Brother No, stuff. no. Well, there's only I, one that you That's why see. you're here. Yeah. I, and to this day, I don't know how much of a, a, a you know, I think she's... Maybe like Catholic schoolgirl type of virgin. Yeah, but, but look, in in her um, when they did their truth or truth or lies sort of um, lie so Matt, Matt, don't you know what a, a Catholic schoolgirl virgin is? Oh, schoolgirl. Yeah, Catholic schoolgirl uh, no. virgin. It's a you know never put it in the front. Yeah. Well, on her Big Brother profile, she did say, I'm a virgin, but I've done everything but. But maybe they mistyped it and it shouldn't have been B-U-T. It should have been B-U-T. And it does, because when they had the lie detector and they said, are you a virgin? She went, yes. And it went, ding, in the middle. (laughs) Not sure, either way, really, which I loved. Was that the lie detector test that everybody has said is just so inaccurate? Hello, it was a foolproof Israeli... Voice detecting, sort of, and Gretel Colleen did get to waggle her finger a bit. So, so that's you know that's that's all you need. Uh, yeah, so it's completely completely stumped for yeah. any words on on Rove, and then uh, Rove went off to do his Jamie voice behind a picture of Jamie, where you could just see his, his mouth moving. His Conan O'Brien ripoff. Yeah, that's mm. ex- exactly right, uh, which he does over and over mm. and over and again. Doesn't he do it well? He anyway. That's me cocking the gun to my head. Uh, so he went to do the, the, the Conan shtick. Yeah. Uh, but Pete and Rove had set Katie up to, to say, do the live we've cross. got Jamie in the diary room for a live cross. What do you want to ask him? And she just went stone quiet. Did she? I don't know. I don't know what to ask him. Uh, uh, have, have you been? Oh, no, that's lame. Oh, oh and so, God. yeah, she, uh, she said nothing. And then finally realised that it wasn't actually Jamie talking. This is the, the level of intelligence that we're yeah. dealing with in this year's Big Brother house. There isn't even one redeemer. Like, usually there's a single redeemer. Katie's the girl that put in her profile that she's often malconcepted. Oh. <laughs> oh. I reckon next like, year they should only take Mensa. Like, like, her mother, yeah. like her mother took weird drugs while she was pregnant with her. Her mother's a beautician. She probably inhaled something while she and, was bleaching. And therefore, malconcepted. I actually think Katie is a lot cluier than she let on. And I think that... I mean, that was a pretty big turnaround for a girl that was 
pretty much fronting up the head of the popularity polls. Yeah, and within a we, week we to go. We were saying the same thing about Reggie. We were all, all saying, I reckon Reggie's got a bit more up top oh, than I him. certainly didn't say that. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. Yeah, yeah. No, I never said that either. I'm not jumping <laughs> on those you know, bandwagons. <laughs> You're alone there, boys. But no, I think Katie did that innocent shtick and did the, you know, I'm just, ah. But there were moments that I think that she got to a point in that house where she was very relaxed, very cocky, very comfortable. She knew she was in the couple. And there were moments that I think like where she would just take something of someone's and they'd go, you know, that was my bottle of water that I took out of the rewards room. She's like, yeah, whatever, what are you going to do about it? Oh, suck it. She didn't say that actually. That's not a transcript. <laughs> but it was all in the eyes. And, <laughs> you know, she like she she began to show a little bit more of her true self and I think that I mean that's the thing about Big Brother is that, that you can only keep a mask on for so long and I think that the, the tantrums and the needy girlness and then sometimes a little bit of cutting like it was always friends with everyone everyone loves me but there were just moments that you'd just see the guard drop a little bit and and I and you could just see she was a bit sharper than she ever let on and I thought hmm I think you know that this whole V plate sweet girl you know love affair thing could push you far not too far though as jessica hardy will vouch jessica series two yes. ends in divorce baby <clears throat> seen yeah. that channel 10 special uh, it's all it's all a bit sad it is indeed and with any luck it will come to a sad sad end. yeah tragic <clears throat> jess mcguire suck it in the eyes thank you so much suck it in the eyes <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you said Katie, you know, says suck it, but only in the eyes. Oh, suck it in the eyes. Suck it in the eyes. Thanks so much for joining us and talking Big Brother on Box Cutters. No worries. Thank you very much for letting me have my ocular oral sex. (laughs) (laughs) Box Cutters. Coming up in Box Cutters, we've got some letters to Box Cutters. Tom Elliott's going to be coming in to talk about his roles in television and the financial side of TV. We've got some quotes. And next... I don't buy it. Are you one of those that follows the follows the Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. I don't buy it. Brett Cropley, what aren't we buying this week? Oh okay. Um World Cup Fever has hit Australia. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You you know, but by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll probably know whether or not Australia has made it into the round of 16. After they take out Croatia. I'm a a bit funny with that sort of stuff. I don't really like soccer, but I'm a bit of a when in Rome kind of guy. Like at Christmas, I'll go to church. You know, at the solstice, I'll sacrifice a small child. (laughs) All that kind of stuff. Well, that was just last night. Yeah, that was just just the other night. uh... Oh, yeah, so I'm... (laughs) That's why it's fresh in my memory. You've got some blood on your neck there. <laughs> that number to call is zero, zero, zero. <laughs> but I'm into it. I love the soccer at the moment. It's great. So we've got this ad uh, that's uh, it's on it's on a crowd who are just who, they've they've lost the energy. They've lost the World Cup. Maybe they've fallen victim to the World Cup fever, the literal fever, and they're feeling a bit down. They're going, let's go, Aussie. Let's go. World Cup palsy. World Cup palsy. Somebody goes off and gets some uh, takeaway fried chicken from KFC, comes back in, hands it all out, and everybody's, yeah, right on, let's go. Is that because one of the this 11 herbs and spices is uh, amphetamines? Yes. Was it a le- I used to think Allegedly. it was a lemon herbs and spices <laughs> for years. I had no idea there was 11 of the little suckers. So we come back to them and they're going wild and we zoom back out from the crowd 
and it's a chess match. Oh, God. This is coming from the company that changed its name because there was actually not very much chicken in no, their food. That's <laughs> no, of course not. not. Of they, course not. Because of the whole fried thing. They thought fried yeah. was bad for... That's shit house. It, was, it is crap. Is, and he's just getting so much freaking airtime at the moment. I seriously do not buy that. I've never been a KFC man. I've never understood I'm, what to do with the menu at KFC. Well, hold on, hold on, cowboy. I've never been a chess man. <laughs> Either. Just while we're on that little... Well, there's so much wrong about that ad. Nobody cheers at the chess. There's some claps, I'm sure. Mm. It's supposed to be a joke. Yeah, it's not funny. Is it silent at a chess match? It's not silent. It's just, you know, there are some whispers. It's just lots of clicks. Yeah. I love that big, the oversized, how funny are big props? I love that oversized chess that happens in the... uh, the, In the parks? In the No, this is Melbourne Square. Square? No, no, uh, where the old... Oh, where the city city square... square. What's it called now? It's called the city square. Oh, city square. Yeah, it's Mm. still called the city square. Well, on those big squares that make up the city square, they have big... Rooks and knights and pawns. Right. And they, they play with them. It's awesome. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Anyway, yeah. are there people cheering there? No. That's why this ad is so shit. It's There's very, buskers. Very yeah, I don't buy it. La, we really la, don't need a thing for this I was going to come. 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 I was going to Last uh, Monday night, last Sunday night, Sunday night, Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Japan playing Croatia in Nuremberg. This is where our quote comes from. This show or this show again? I said show. Not very good at the whole sporting thing. Let's go. Match. This match, the commentator just before halftime says, and coming up at the end of this halftime break, we will see. Which team will rally at Nuremberg? Oh, oh, is that not terrible? Is that and it's no it, he said it he said it in a way that I wasn't sure if he meant to make that as a joke or if you know subconsciously in his mind the words Nuremberg and rally are connected and so this has just slipped out of his mouth and afterwards he slapped himself in the forehead and just gone no I can't believe I said that. Either way, it, uh, it, it made me all, you know, shudder a little oh, bit. And uh, so it wasn't Les Murray we're hoping? No, 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 no. It wasn't Les was Murray. It, was, was it one the of local the... SBS commentary or, or no, was it's, it a passing one? Uh, one of the commentators who were there. So it's an SBS commentator mm-hmm. specifically for the matches. Not Les Murray. Not one of the, the local people uh, who, uh, who give their halftime report. Lays around on the catches. And... Yeah, yeah exactly. but it's... What's his name? It's, remember how Ross, Ross and I last week were talking about how there were a couple of commentators who were there and it's just one commentator per match. So whoever it was who was commentating that match, it was him. I don't know his name, unfortunately. But, yeah, a little bit... I'm sure we could call SBS and find out who was commentating that match. But that was, uh, yeah. That's quotes. We haven't had it for a long time. Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guys' show. Love all three of you. God, you're funny. (laughs) Never miss a show, and sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. Tapes. Yeah, tapes. 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 We make tapes of it on the internet and send it to Ed Phillips. So Y1K. Well, the thing is, Ed Phillips, he's a a very busy man. He was almost not very busy as the ratings dropped on Temptation. Yeah, but then they're back. They are back. They're they're back. You know, it doesn't take... All it took was the end of The Biggest Loser for Temptation uh, to, to come back. Speaking of Temptations... 
Tom Elliott is not a member of the Temptations, but he has uh, he has been on, on TV as... See, it was a terrible segue, Tom. It's got to be one of the worst segues I've ever heard. Uh, hello, Josh. Hello, Brad. Hello. It's just it's Matt. Yeah, it's Matt. Yes, no, no, it's Matt. I'm, just, I'm still thinking about that. I've got to tell you, Ed Phillips, just as an aside, uh, Ed Phillips was a prefect at my school, and he was one of the most decorated prefects you ever saw, and I have it on uh, good authority. He still has his old school blazer inside a plastic bag in his cupboard at home with a piece of cardboard lodged in the pocket to keep all the uh, the decorations looking smart. Really? I, I love you trying to deflect that, Tom, but were you yourself a prefect or a sports captain? I would have assumed at least one of them. Oh, yes, mate. I was uh, captain of debating, captain of arguing, and I was uh, <laughs> vice captain of the school. So Ed and I were, you know, highly decorated uh, little dickheads at Kerry Grammar. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well we'll, uh, well, we'll have to ask Ed about that next time we have him on the show. My, my year nine science teacher was the last remaining survivor of the Waco massacre. That's the best I can do. They found, they found, him, they found him naked, cowering under a blanket with a hand grenade. And he's in jail at the moment. Hello, Graham Craddock, if you're listening. He didn't have the balls to sort of die at the end, did he? <laughs> no, he just sat back, watched the house burn down. All right, well, that's, uh, it's all interesting to reveal things about our school lives. Now, uh, Brett, you're driving this show. <laughs> this, is, this is a show about television, but sometimes we get sidetracked and sometimes those sidetracks are beautiful. Well, Tom, Tom comes to us from television and from radio, uh, a long tradition at uh, Triple R. Uh, it's probably almost a decade that you've been on air at Triple R. Actually, um, Brett, it seems like longer. Believe it or not, it's almost 14 years now. Excellent. Uh, it's amazing how 14 years can seem like longer than a decade. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've particularly been uh, keen to catch your segments on Inside Business on ABC just after Insiders on Sunday morning. Yes, well worth a watch. Of, I often say that uh, half the audience of the program is people who have fallen asleep watching Rage after a big <laughs> night and they, they wake up and they see Barry Cassidy on Insiders and then Alan Cole bring you all the business news. And if you manage to keep your eyes open, I'm on there for two and a half minutes every three weeks. So you do you do a pre-record with that on like Friday afternoon or something? Or well, I'll tell you a funny thing. Uh, yes, it is pre-recorded on Friday afternoon. We have to wait until the market is closed mm-hmm. so that I don't, I don't say something which subsequently doesn't turn out to be true. But um, because it's a weekend program, they like to give people the idea that actually it's being done live in the studio on a Sunday morning. So Alan doesn't wear a tie, he's got an open neck shirt and perhaps a tweed jacket and a pair of slacks on, which always looks nice. And I'm not allowed to wear a tie either, but you'll see that all I've done, I often have pinstripe pants on, shirt with cufflinks, and all I've done is undo a couple of buttons and take off my tie. And of course I say, oh, that's exactly what I'd wear on a Sunday morning, a pair of <laughs> pinstripe trousers and a, perhaps a pure white shirt with cufflinks. So it's all very natural in there at the ABC. So no, no pyjamas though? No, no pyjamas, no dressing gowns, no, uh, no tracksuits. Right. Which some people do wear on Sunday mornings. But no, we, talk, we give a market wrap and the idea is to sort of present the week in business all in two and a half minutes with a few of the highlights and lowlights. And at the very end, they, they like to treat it like a serious business program, but they love to have the winner and loser of the week as though the market's just one giant punt and you can either make a ton of money or lose a ton. And that's really what it's all about. With the special animated dog that goes along with the dog of the week. That's right. Dog of the week is the thing that goes down. And uh, I can't even remember because I don't see the animations. And one of the things I used to find, I used to get over-animated myself and I'd wave my hands around during the segment. And they'd say, ah, we've got to cut that because I've just waved my hand into something where an animation or, or a graphic oh. is going to go. And that would have to be cut off in the uh, post-production theatre. Right. Oh, that's, that's... The other solution is to get a one-armed 
person to do your segment, but that would be kind of difficult. Well, other solutions are just to move the camera a bit to the right, but yes, a one-armed person, not a bad idea <laughs> there, Matt. Richard Kimball. Richard Kimball was uh, mistaken was, for the one-armed person. He was the person. doctor, and then yeah. he had to go for the, the one-armed man who exactly. sold shoes in Twin Peaks. Yeah, but, but you're interested in television. I'll tell you, um, I've, I've had to abase myself recently in terms of financial commentary on TV. I also do a fair bit of things on, uh, on Channel 7, and that's all right. That's, you know, special reports on the news. Uh, I might talk for two minutes and then find that all of five seconds of it ends up on the news. But mm-hmm. uh, recently I've had to do a couple of segments on Mornings with Kerry Ann Kenley. Oh, no. You must have been really bad in her past life. I'll tell you what, I'm obviously needing to earn some money, and uh, one of the things the producer says is that uh, you mustn't call her CAC, K-A-K. The producers can talk with that oh, show. Yeah. Producers <laughs> talk. And um, Kerry Ann still likes to shimmy onto the stage, doing a bit of a dancing number before she sits oh. down. And uh, invariably, you only talk about petrol prices because that's what uh, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Ann Average are interested out in the suburbs these in days. In Penrith. So that's the brief that you've been given. Petrol Just to prices. Keep it, keep it suburban. Keep it simple. Petrol keep prices, mortgages. Interest rates, if they go up, are a right. popular topic. But the, you see, the thing is, interest rates do nothing, 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 nothing for 15 months. Then they go up and then people talk about it. But petrol is a wonderful discussion topic in um, the financial commentary world because it goes up and down and up and down every day. Right. And so, so you're on there every, every week talking about petrol prices? Um, on and off. Some weeks it'll be several times in a week. Other weeks, none at all. It's, uh, it's what we might call event-driven. So when things are happening, you know, I'm there. If the banks, for instance, come out with a profit result and it's a, a higher multiple of a billion dollars than it was the year before, that's worthy of comment because they must be ripping people off. And there's a great yep. thing in the Australian psyche. You know, in America, I think if you run a company and it makes a lot of money, people want to clap you on the back. Um, in Britain, well, they'd prefer that you inherited it. But here, <laughs> there's a bit of a suspicion of money, and there's a, there's a certain level you can make where you're doing all right. But if you do too well, then, you know, people don't really like you. And it's the same with companies. You know, if you're an Aussie battler company, if you're like big Kevs, which is non-existent Kev these days, mm. but that's okay. But if you're a bank making money, that's not very good at all. Did big Kevs get bought out before he died, or what happened with that? Well, what happened was um, the, the shell of the company was bought by... Um, Oh, it was an 80s entrepreneur, and it wasn't Alan Bond, and it wasn't my father, and it wasn't Robert Holmes, of course, who's dead. <laughs> um, his name escapes me at the wasn't moment. Scase. No, it wasn't Scase, who's uh, also dead, although you don't want to let being dead stop you doing things. I've always said that. But um, it was bought by an 80s entrepreneur. I don't think it stopped Kerry Packer doing much. Well, he's, uh, some say he exercises control from beyond the grave. Uh, Rene Rivkin lives on in his Rivkin report. That's still going, carried on by his son, Jordan Rivkin. But um, going back to years, Big Kevs was bought out and the share price went from about $0.03 cents to $0.30 cents in the space of a day because an 80s entrepreneur who'd lost hundreds of millions of dollars in the 80s and then skipped the country was suddenly taking over the company again. And this was seen as a good thing by the share punting public. Right. Well, yeah, well, I'm excited about that. So he, had he been to jail and, and uh, like paid, repaid humanity? And oh, I think he'd, he'd certainly done some time. If not the investors. He'd certainly done some oh, time. And it's really, it's really upsetting. No, and it wasn't Hersky, but it was, it was another one like that. And I can't, it wasn't Spalvin. someone? No, it'll come to me uh, probably after Corey I've gone home. <laughs> Corey Hain, Corey Feldman. <laughs> Must have been one of them. But you mentioned uh, Kerry Packer there. And uh, the, just it seems that commercial TV in Australia at the moment is... Just going 
bad. <laughs> Brandon is, said, "Is it, it a good time to get into investment in uh, in commercial TV?" Stocks? In the media, we'd say it's at a crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> all the roads are going down. Look, yeah, of course, with with Channel Nine and Channel Seven making uh, redundancies, and and Channel Nine are just about to. Uh, Start firing people because not enough people are taking the voluntary redundancies. Yes. And, cha- Channel and Channel Seven Nine- got rid of uh, thirty-four uh, workers. Eddie, Eddie Maguire uh, a couple of weeks ago announced that Channel Nine were going to be looking at different revenue models as far as uh, advertising goes. Yes, that's, one, that's- one of the things in business you got to look out for whenever a company starts saying we're going to redefine the business paradigm or we're looking at a different revenue model or something like that. If you work there, you know pretty sure that your job's uh, suddenly on the line. Yeah, um, but the investors are going to love it, aren't they? Isn't that what to, normally happens? To a point, to a point. Um, you've got to remember with PBL, Publishing and Broadcasting Limited, um, the media is actually a much smaller part of that business than what it used to be because the gaming concerns... I mean, the smartest thing the Packers ever did was buy Crown Casino in Melbourne and it's been the best business deal they ever did. And that was uh, a, a Jamie decision? It well, I don't think it was. It was a Kerry decision, but he put Jamie forward, and Jamie did a lot of the work on it. Okay. Um, you've got to understand the politics of the Packer organisation, that when Jamie lost all the money in one tell, they started talking up his involvement in Crown Casino <laughs> in the hope that the two things would cancel each other out. And nobody ever mentioned E Corp. No, I, no, well, E-Corp's actually done very well for them. They okay. sold it to the public at $2.50 a share, bought it back at $0.50 cents a share. It's a bit like what Kerry Packard did with Alan Bond selling yeah, the Nine right, Network. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, so, so the Nine Network is a much smaller part of PBL than what it used to be. And Kerry Packer had a love affair with news and current affairs, and he was prepared to just spend whatever money it took to make sure that Nine was number one, even if it didn't make sense to do it. James is being far more pragmatic and saying, you know what, if we don't need to spend all this money to get the ratings, stuff it will do something else. And shows like 60 Minutes and things are very, very expensive to produce. So Eddie Maguire, Eddie the Axe, as he's now called, although he hasn't taken the axe to himself, he's allegedly put on 10 kilos up in Sydney. He's looking an absolute treat. Well, he looked like it in the uh, footy show special. Yeah, that's well, right. See, the, the there are more Krispy Kreme donut stores over there than there are here. Well, that's right, there is. But anyway, I think what's happening with Nine is Nine is facing a lot of pressure, as are all the free-to-air TV networks, because new media means that uh, you know people are downloading programs on the internet, they're taping things and getting rid of the ads, and of course the ads are what pay the bills. Um, things like shows like this, which people download off the net, are just making a very big difference. It's, it's the same with classified advertising in newspapers as well. Fairfax, in my view, is facing a similar uh, future, and it's not a very good one as the free-to-air TV networks because people are more and more turning to classifieds on the internet and they're finding that they don't need to buy newspapers to find out what's going on anymore. Except yeah. the, the, oh, difference, oh, the difference... And to advertise between, as well. The difference between newspapers, though, and, uh, and television is that... Uh, television is there in your house constantly. You've got uh, a definite market there uh, as far as audience goes and uh, the audience is not actually... They're not actually your customers. They're your commodity. Now, wouldn't it make sense if if the, the networks took care of their commodity to please their, their advertisers? So, actually put on the shows that they want to see, put them on the, at the times that they want to see them, and, uh, and treat them with a, a bit more respect than they're getting Oh, well, Josh, you say that, but I mean, you say it as though it's just obvious to what to do. Like, you know, when 9 and 7 and 10 go to America and say, right, what shows will we buy? Like, in the last three years, 7 has bought all the good shows. It's bought 24, it's bought Grey's Anatomy, Desperate, um, House, Desperate Housewives, which uh, Matt is uh, absurdly keen on, Lost, which you and I like, Brett. Um, now, those shows were open for anybody to buy. 
but they pick them. And so to say what do people want to watch is just not always easy. Do people, people used to love watching current affairs. I mean, they, you know, 60 Minutes on Sunday night was an institution. The, the movie on Sunday night was an institution. No one shows movies on TV anymore because technology has surpassed that. And also the, the move towards high-definition broadcasting. So, I mean, most uh, places are dual broadcasting, if not mm. tribe broadcasting, terrestrial, analog digital and high definition so it's got to be a phenomenal cost to upgrade all the facilities and you look at like gtv night at the moment in melbourne is basically falling apart and there's a real push to get everything happening at tcn so all the shows come out of sydney get beamed to qdq and to, and to gtv and all around the country because it just makes sense i guess financially Oh, it does. And of course, one of the other ways you're seeing um, the financial impact on broadcast television is uh, the rise of reality TV. I mean, reality TV is a television phenomenon that's, you know, popped up, I guess, six, seven years ago now. But essentially, it's displacing, you know, the traditional drama series and whatever, because it's so much cheaper to produce. Um, You know, an hour of drama costs roughly half a million dollars to produce. So a show like Stingers, which the Nine Network used to show, just doesn't cut it anymore because a reality TV show, which qualifies under the local content rules, probably only costs maybe 25% as much as that and and probably draws higher ratings. There's still a massive international market for reality TV. It still sells unbelievably around the world. It's just insane. Yeah, it is. And it's it's a lot easier to get get advertising into the show itself. You look at at Big Brother and you look at the products that they're using and... Uh, you look at... Survivor. Uh, well, no, I was going to keep talking about Big Brother. <laughs> you look at the prizes that they get when they get when they get evicted and it's always lots of talk about, you know, three mobile phones or uh, on Monday nights for the nominations, they've got the KFC Twister twist. And uh, it, it is much easier to get some spruiking into into those shows. Well, although, funnily enough, um, TV veterans would tell you that's what TV used to be like in the 50s. You know, products would sponsor whole programs and they'd make a, a now word from our sponsor during the shows. Lux Radio Theatre. Absolutely. And so in some ways you're seeing that, you're seeing sponsors take over shows because if you just have ads, it's too easy for people to chop out ads because so many people are recording television shows on digital devices on hard top boxes and the smart ones are those just get rid of the ads and the um, the networks just don't know what to think about this i mean they really don't know they're seriously struggling with it because they're not content producers a lot of the time anymore they're content broadcasters and you're already seeing um village roadshow today is in the process of selling off most of its remaining cinemas it's got a few left in australia same thing people aren't going to the movies because they don't need to anymore you know they watch things at home they download things at home village have shot themselves in the foot too with their distribution uh, methods over the past 10 years also. Well, that's true. Although people focus on distribution, again, that's perhaps the, the wrong focus because Village has is, is become very much a movie production house these days. I mean, Village is one of the single biggest production studios or production financiers, I should say, in Hollywood. Like, in a sense, if we celebrated that as an Australian company, people would be, oh, my God, I, I, mean, I wouldn't have thought that. But they produce a lot of turkeys, but they also finance a lot of very good but films too. They also have the, the vanity card that's uh, up in front of The Matrix. That's right. First Matrix film opens up with a village roadshow symbol. I mean, that's and yet they're buying out uh, Warner Brothers Movie World. Uh, Warner Brothers are uh, picking up and going back home, and uh, Roadshow are taking that over completely. Well, they, yeah, they've always had a share in it, uh, and uh, and a lot of stuff has has been produced out there, and and they'll keep doing that. So I, I want to sorry, Tom. I want I want to talk to you about something that the uh, uh, the European head of research at CNBC said uh, this week in Cannes. He was talking about uh, how CNBC is going to be moving away from 30-second ads to create branded content and stage uh, more advertiser events and actually devise multimedia campaigns 
to uh, to generate revenue. I mean, these these are all things that networks are trying. Do you think though that they're just flogging a dead horse? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, Super Bowl advertising in America is uh, a very good example of where of where um, companies produce very special ads for what is one of the most watched events on TV each year. You know, they make ads that that are, that are longer and you know often cost a hell of a lot of money to produce. And uh, I think the idea is to try and make you know, ads enjoyable. Now, you might think that is flogging a dead horse. We've got to see some of these ads. But people do watch the Super Bowl ads in America because they're very creative. Yep. Could you do that for all products on a daily basis? I'm not sure. It probably wouldn't be cost effective. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, still, there's still something that's missing from the equation. Well... That's because the thing is, without the television networks, we don't have the programs. Without the programs, we've got nothing to download. There's a convergence of all the technology. Is that, do you know if any of the they're looking to emergent technologies, convergent technologies with oh, web? Well, TV. absolutely. Well, I mean, you only have to look at um, if you, for instance, go to um, Fox Sci-Fi. Like I'm a big sci-fi watcher. Okay, now I've watched all the Battlestar Galactica series, even though the second one hasn't even started being shown here. I just went mm-hmm. and downloaded it. Not supposed to do that, but you can actually pay to download it on your iPod from the um, Fox uh, Sci-Fi TV site. And that's a legitimate way to do it. And increasingly, that's what people are doing. Now, you could do that, watch it on your iPod, or as a lot of people would, on a computer, and completely bypass the television. Same with highly watched shows like 24. You know, they've, they've actually they've got a product to sell. Now, whether the TV networks you know, want to stay in production or not, that, that could be the issue. If you're just in broadcast, you could be in real problems. But if you're in content ownership, and this is something uh, Rupert Murdoch's always realised, you know, he used to go and buy sports teams. It usually worked. It didn't work with Super League here in Australia, but he bought baseball teams and football teams in America because that was his way of owning the content, and he thought that yeah. was very important. So, so in, in a situation where you are paying for downloads of, of programs and you've got 500,000 viewers, which is not a lot for, for Australia, if you've got 500,000 viewers for, for a program, but you're charging them a dollar each, you're still getting that half a million you need for that one hour of... Absolutely you are. And remember, we're talking about programs that probably have been made in the US and have already recouped their costs. So what they get for them in Australia is just, the, 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 you know, every dollar they make is, is almost pure profit because the cost of, uh, of, of making them available for download is, uh, is negligible. That's fantastic. Do you think um, the cross media, the cross media ownership laws? Uh, how do you think that fits in with with all of this new media stuff? And personally, like I think Murdoch's I, I, come at, Murdoch, Murdoch has come out and said that he doesn't want the laws relaxed. Basically, he's uh, trying well, to set up. M- most of the existing proprietors in Australia don't want them relaxed because they've got you know nice, cosy, entrenched positions. My personal view, and I'm not some sort of technological junkie that just thinks, you know, all this is going to just wipe away the previous players. It won't. I mean, Channel 9 has got a lot of very smart people there. So does the Murdoch organisation. So does Channel 7. But um, I do think that... I think there's a few furfies around with cross-media ownership. Everybody thinks that the moment the laws are released, people will bid for Fairfax. They so want the Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. Personally, I don't think anybody will. I think, you know, the speculation about it is far more real than the reality, which is no one could be bothered buying those papers now. They're too expensive to produce. Yeah. They don't make much money. Um, There are issues with sort of regional broadcasting and how many broadcasters per city. And there are people out there who think that actually there should be like a fourth commercial broadcaster. And certainly Mm -hmm. the Australian market could absorb that. 
But having said that, I think terrestrial broadcasting is going to be bypassed. So I, I think I think technology will find ways around the existing media laws. I don't think if the, if the federal government changes them, it, it'll change the media landscape overnight. I think I think what technology is doing will make more of an impact on that than the laws. The, the, sorry, the, the the changes to the laws themselves. What do you think of the idea that uh, James Packer's um, kind of just got Eddie in there to, to be the the axe man and uh, make all the cuts, just making it uh, as an attractive takeover uh, prospect for, say, Macquarie Media? Yeah, well, I mean, an analogy here, let's say you were to go out, uh, you know, trying to pick up girls with Matt, for example, and you might say, I've got to have him a wingman, you know, I've got to have someone who makes me look good. You know, so I can score while he does the, you know, the hard work in the trenches alongside. Damn straight. You know where I'm coming from here, don't you? <clears throat> this is very much the same. So if Matt and I go out, I'm I'm the James Packer, flashing the cash, meeting the girls. Eddie is now the wingman who has to go and do the hard work. You mm-hmm. know, Eddie the axe. I think I think James Packer. Remember, he runs the whole company. He doesn't just run the Nine Network. He needs he needs executives who weren't handpicked by his father because he, he needs you know, he's replaced every one of the board members of PBL. His dad's been dead for six months. All the old board members have gone, all been replaced by new people. It's been astonishing how quickly it's happened. So he's actually got rid of them rather than they've left because they don't... Well, you know, did he jump or was he pushed? I mean, no one will know. But if, if James says, I no longer want you here and he is the new Mr. Packer, well, then, mm. you know, off you go. I mean, Sam Chisholm, gone. You know, yeah. he's got people like Chris Corrigan and... Um, uh, John Fletcher from Coles Meyer, people like that, are now on the PBL board. Very different set of skills. Same with heading up uh, the television units and uh, you know gaming and all the rest of it. I mean, he's linking up with uh, Asian gaming um, businesses because that's where he wants to expand overseas. His father never would have done that. So I think Eddie Maguire has been brought in to do a job, and you know I think he's uh, he's a very capable person. Whether or not. He hasn't proved himself yet. I mean, it's easy to go in and sack people, but traditionally when you go and sack people, the ones who leave are the ones who can go to other jobs, so you end up losing your best people in voluntary redundancies. Um, but, yeah, I, I think James is doing what needs to be done there. L- lastly, Tom, while we're on the topic of, of Eddie, do you think he's ruining his television career? Oh, he's ruined it. No, there's no doubt. It's I mean, gone. I mean, I was very surprised when he took the role on because he had... Uh, you know, a TV career that was up there with the best in the history of Australian television. Mm. I mean, there's almost been no one apart from maybe Ray Martin at his peak, which, of course, was Carols by Candlelight, um, who has, you know, <laughs> crossed so many different media and done them all pretty well. You know, game show, footy show, quite serious things, specials. You know, I mean, he, you know, he does all that well. He's now thrown all that in the bin and the public will move on very quickly and uh, he won't be able to go back. And, and I would have thought... Achieving the success he achieved, most people would be so happy to just take that and hang on to it. And he's tossed all that away, and, and he probably can't go back because I mean it would and just. He, it, and he pursued the position. And he did pursue the position. I mean, he he went and persuaded James Packer to take him on. James would have been very happy if he just kept hosting Millionaire and the Footy Show because they were great shows. So and, uh, and is money it, makers. Well, they were. So he's a he's a brave man. It's yet to be proved, and I admire him for it. But I mean, it's not something I think most people would have done. Excellent. Tom Elliott, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters. My pleasure. I got her postman. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to be box cutters. Letters to... Oh, bloody hell. 
Letters to box cutters can be sent to hooray at boxcutters.net. Who has sent letters to box cutters this week, Brett Cropley? We've had quite a number of letters. Uh, I've, I've just re- Have you got no letters to box cutters? I've printed none out. Uh, I don't know, you okay. sprung this one on me. So something I can give you? Yeah, give me something. Um, I'll, I'll hand it over uh, when, when you finish yeah, reading. Okay. Yeah. Um, something from Gabby Robbins. In fact, we had a couple from Gabby Robbins over the week. Thank you very much, Gabby. It's, it's so nice to, to have a dialogue as we go through the week. It's uh, great. This first one. Hey, guys, don't know if you caught the Italy versus USA game, but uh, if you didn't watch the replay tonight at five because it was the best game so far, this is from Sunday, I think. It was so and, incredibly... And without, without much punctuation. It was so incredibly tense. It had me sitting on the edge of my seat and adrenaline pumping through my veins at 4.30am, which I might add was a hard feat to do since only a moment before turning the game on, I was about to drift off to sleep. Three red cards. I'm not sure how many yellows and an own goal. Really, the game couldn't get much better. The only thing I have to complain about, though, besides the few offside calls that were defiantly, def- definitely not of slide is the commentator i completely agree with you guys that the commentating so far has been brilliant but last night's game was horrible i think we might have been patched into the usa's commentary and i think i could have killed him he was so self-congratulatory to the americans it's not funny i had to mute the game 30 minutes in because i couldn't take any more of the one-sidedness of the commentary well, Gabby, you'll be interested to know that the uh, the US commentators are being uh, really heavily criticised by soccer fans in uh, in the US because they keep making but I think uh, the, baseball I think... and basketball references in the soccer to try to, in some really ridiculous attempt to, to get people in America to understand the game. It's mm-hmm. okay, though, because the Italian gridiron commentator is equally lauded. <laughs> uh, all the way across the West Coast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex sent us uh, in an email to hooray at boxcutters.net. He, uh, he wanted to write about Rescue Me. We mentioned it a, a few weeks ago in Things You May Have Missed. Uh, if you don't have to pay, blah, 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 stupid laptop. That's uh, when his email cut off. And... Uh, <laughs> And then he wrote us another email. <laughs> Bless you, Alex, for, for having the perseverance. He really likes Rescue Me, and the third season has just started. He's getting it uh, from the internet. Is that on TV here at the moment? Rescue Me is on Fox 8 on Monday nights, uh, just before The Wire. I don't know if that's still part of their schedule, but uh, Fox 8 do have it. So it's on, it's mm-hmm. on the cable I doubt we're going to see it on free-to-air, but it should be available on DVD shortly. Speaking of DVD, uh, if you get into some stores this week, you might be able to pick yourself up a copy of The Shield Season 1 and 2 for only 30 bucks. Nice. I, uh, I did that this week, and I'm very happy with that purchase. Where's that, uh, say, JB? Done it again. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is they've done it again, and that is Letters to Box Cutters. Oh, there was one other. Okay. From, uh, I think it's a new reader, a uh, new listener, <laughs> from Anna Brain. Hi guys, I wanted to have a whinge about Channel 9's blatant disregard for loyal viewers. Until recently, this was just something that other people wrote to the Green Guide about. But having now been personally affected, I am now 100% on board. It will be hard to recapture the drunken, sobbing anger I experienced on Tuesday night. 
But here goes. I taped the final ever episode of Six Feet Under, allowing a generous margin of time, approximately 20 minutes before and after, to make sure that we wouldn't miss out on our favourite show due to Channel Bloody Nine running over time. After several glasses of wine, I was happily sobbing my heart out, as I like to do during this show. It was the last ad break my housemate joked. Wouldn't it be funny if we missed the end? Oh, no! Prophetically, this is what happened. And before our eyes, the tape ran out. (laughs) Fucking Channel Nine fucked us over, and I'm pretty fucked off. Fuck, 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 fuck! I didn't get that email. Love your show, Anna. Just going today. Oh, thanks, Anna. Oh, yeah, I have to check my email. Thanks, Anna. Um, That's a, I and it was it, such a gorgeous ending. I, I, I teared. I, I teared quite a bit. Right. It was just so... It, uh, to, to give you a pricey, if you're not going to catch it... I'm um, not. Um, it, uh, I have no interest. It went to Claire in the car driving over to New York and, and through that period... Who's Claire? Which one's Claire? The daughter. Right. Um, through that period, there was some Amy Mann song or something playing, and uh, and then kind of we have flash forwards as as each of the the people in the family grow old and die, and uh, with their little six feet under white white card thing, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, you know, um, um, David Fisher, two thousand and blur, um, all the way through until when Claire died at one hundred and two. Right. I've had a similar situation to uh, the young uh, lass who wrote in before, Anna. except Anna, Anna Brain. Mm. Uh, I've had a similar situation, except not on television, actually sitting in a movie theatre. I was at the Cinema Nova. <laughs> I was watching the inside of all the fucking films. I had to choose a three-hour one. <laughs> this is no shit. Two-thirds of the way through, the screen fell off. <laughs> <laughs> it fell off its... It just everyone's sitting there. What the? Geez, that's realistic. That's really that's really Brechtian. It's really breaking the fucking fourth wall. Thanks, Cinema Nova. And they had the the gall to say, "Oh well, um, we'll just give you other tickets to another session." I'm like, I've just sat through two and a half fucking hours of your film, and your screen falls off. The Insider was that was that the film about the tobacco industry? Yeah, and it was. Rusty. I saw that at the same cinema, and it was out of focus the whole time. No. Yes. Yes! Oh my god, you went and we, wasted. And no! no. no and <laughs> so, my, when my friend went to complain, uh, the person who was working there went, Yes, that's because we're cinema dodgy. Oh, the person working there? Yes! Did you get a name? Yeah. No! Oh, damn. Let's leave it, let's, let's leave it yeah. there. That um, is Letters to Box Cutters. Was that one of that, those crappy cinemas <laughs> down the bottom there? And, and that. You mean all of them? Is Letters to Box Cutters. And that is Letters to Box Cutters. <laughs> that's Letters to Box Cutters. Letters to Box Cutters is over. <laughs> Just while we take the show to its final close. Oh, we didn't friggin' even talk about the footy show over in Munich. No, no, we didn't. You know what? I didn't see it. I didn't see it because I was watching... Well, I taped it. Were the you watching Society the, uh, Murders. Yeah? How was that? Oh, jeez. That was a really well-acted piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> well-acted? It was well-acted. I thought so, some of the acting was, was great in that. How much crack do you smoke on any given day? <laughs> that was just... Oh, okay. This is, no, oh. the, writing, the writing was terrible. The writing was terrible, but the acting, considering that the writing was bad, I thought was quite good. The woman who played uh, the Maritza, uh, the bad oh, Maritza. Marissa, yeah, she was okay. she was great. Alex yeah. Dimitriades, not so good, uh, but Georgie Parker actually quite good. Mm. You well, know, that show on Sunday came in at uh, number three in the ratings uh, after a couple of news broadcasts with uh, one point four four mil, and it was number one in Melbourne. 
Um, I guess that's logical because it all happened here. Yep. The uh, the Munich uh, live to wear thing was World great. Cup footy show one point two five in at number seven and simple oh, minds really? they they weren't miming at all. I, <laughs> I could not believe that that. Well, firstly, Eddie Maguire announced them as what, what uh, uh, one of the biggest bands in the world. Well, they not, were. They used to be one of the biggest yeah, bands. Exactly. They are the biggest. Yeah, that's like still biggest bands in the world. That's like introducing Chicago as one of the biggest bands in the world. They are and big, then, but and not then, in the sense of selling albums. <laughs> and then freaking is it Jim Kerr? Yeah. yeah, comes out miming to this thing from freaking twenty five years was ago. Was it? Don't you forget about me? Yeah, yeah, so it was don't oh, you forget about else, me? What else do you reckon they could have done? And I don't know. Belfast Child. Oh, maybe that would have been a great song. Yeah. Right. That would have been and a great it was a joke song. because he kept on he kept on like singing and then holding the mic out for for the crowd to do the hey 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 hey, um, but he would actually take it away from his mouth before his lines <laughs> in the song oh, finished. Jim Kerr, he was walking That's... sideways and dribbling as well, which I thought was a bit strange. The that camera's is... over here, Jim. Still not as bad as Iggy Pop putting the microphone down his pants on Countdown. Hey, Iggy can do whatever he wants. That's true. Yeah, including uh, David Bowie. Ching. Uh, while we're talking about ratings, I wanted to uh, talk about <laughs> my favourite topic at the moment, the wedge. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so How's it been going? I, I, I did mean to check the ratings for this one. Well, remember how, uh, how last week I mentioned that it started off at about, you know, high 40s. Uh, and then uh, last week was at about 36, 37. Mm-hmm. This week. I wish you'd talk in millions of people. I don't have the figures in millions of people. I only have them in ratings okay. figures. It's easier to measure. Because this week, 28. That's a percentage. from 36, is That's, it? It's a percentage of all viewers. There is some good talent on that show, though. 28. Yes, there is. Jason McCann. Speaking some... of good talent. Jason Gann. Uh, Jason Gann. <laughs> McCann. I'm getting my Scottish hair. Adam Zwar. Uh, well, when's, when does uh, Wilfred, is, is it being shot at the moment? And also Rats and Cats, which has it. been shot a long time. It must be coming out soon. Yeah, Can't yeah. wait for That should be good Australian comedy. Yeah. And hopefully. SBS? Yeah, SBSI, yeah. I think. Uh, and Hamish and Andy have a, have a show that's supposed to be coming out. Uh, your buddy Craig Eagle's in there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is it out of roving? Are they doing that out of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah right. and, uh, but, but I wanted to talk about, while we're talking about The Wedge, uh, you can play the music. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's time to go. While we're talking about The Wedge, uh, and, and uh, of course, natural move on to uh, Comedy Inc. From The Wedge. Ooh, they both stink. Mm. Scott Brennan, formerly of Skit House, is now Comedy, Comedy Inc. Inc. No. Yes. We know, you know, the network, uh, Channel 9, was, was it Channel 9 or 10? 10 Where had Skit, Skit House. House. Um, they wanted Skit House to continue, but the people actually making it didn't want to keep on doing it. No, which, you know, to their credit, because it had started to get really bad. <laughs> but then, you know, still was a lot better than Comedy Inc., I was I was a bit surprised to see him there. So Tom Gleason, he's a funny man. Red yeah. hair, red hair. Warning, yeah. Warning. <laughs> but then they'd make fun of redheads on the show, which is hot. Which is but great. He was, was a insane. very funny man. It was very funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't died. He's still he's, he's still, he's very still funny, there. Sure. He's still funny. He still does good stand up. But I didn't realise. I, I I actually kind of freeze framed uh, the credits on the wedge. Ian Ian McFadden's behind. All that he's, he's behind, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I hadn't realised that at all. And um, we did talk about it on the show, Brent. 
Yeah, I didn't pick up the. Yeah, we we totally still married to Marianne. No, 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 not for a long time. Don't talk about. Don't talk about the war. Oh man, you know when we're off air, I'll tell you some stories about Marianne Faye. And and he's got ideas about himself that back in back in the day, I think it was not long after the comedy comedy had kind of all finished up. He was hoping that one day his style of comedy would be known around the world as McFadgen-esque. Oh, shit. And with that, we leave you on episode 40 of Box Cutters. Thanks very much to our guests today. Jess McGuire. What a huge show. We didn't have Ross here to say huge show. We did have Matt Gavoni here, who didn't say huge show, but he didn't know. (laughs) He didn't know. Jess McGuire, thank you so much for coming and talking about Big Brother. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll see her again once there's uh, something to talk about. Yeah, on Big something something big ha- will happen on Big Brother. Tom Elliott, thanks Tom. for coming in. Uh, also, thanks very much to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. You can buy a t-shirt, a mug, a, a tracksuit for your mum. Oh, Frankie's onto it, uh, so that he can wear it in the front row of uh, Chart Buster Nation. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Frankie sent us that that email. Yep. And uh, uh, check out cafepress.com/slash. Box cutters, or click on the Superstore of Love link at boxcutters.net. You can send us an email at hooray at boxcutters.net. And Thanks to all our video podcast uh, viewers. Viewers, uh, you can check that out uh, at uh, boxcutters.net slash vlog. There is no video podcast. <laughs> Just like there is no spoon. My name is Josh Canal. Matt, this is where you have to say your name. Oh, my name is jo- uh, Macavoni. I continue to be Brett Cropley and uh, will in the foreseeable future. Thanks so much for listening to Box Cutters. And uh, check us out again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.